Welcome back to the Supernatural Souls podcast. It is so good to be with you today. Today's episode is with Cindy Lindsay. Cindy Lindsay is of the Divine Mother Center in Laytonville, California. She is a certified teacher of the ancient Yantra and Mantra systems within the divine lineage. And she also is a healer. She's been practicing as a healer for many years and found the divine lineage after a history in shamanism. She studied Incan shamanism of Peru and went really far in that path before she ultimately met Sri Kaleshwar and was guided to go further with the practices in the divine lineage. Cindy also earned a PhD in psychology and served as a university professor and consultant for many years. So she brings a robust background to her work in the divine lineage today and and we hear from her about her experience meeting Sri Kaleshwar going to India for the first time saying yes to this incredible journey that starts when you connect with the divine lineage and and ultimately you know what some of her words of wisdom are for us today as we navigate change on the planet as we navigate this this time of reckoning related to the divine feminine and ultimately how we can engage the divine lineage and the practices within it for practical purposes to lead healthier more joyful lives and to to bring a next generation of advanced souls, a next generation of souls who are maybe free from some of the baggage we've been carrying here on earth. So we talk about so many aspects of the lineage and ways in which you can engage with the lineage in today's episode. So I'm so excited for you to meet Cindy if this is your first time and for you to engage with the offerings at the Divine Mother Center if you aren't already, check out the links in the show notes below. You can see um, all of the information about the Divine Mother Center and Cindy's personal information as well so that you can get in touch with her. So without further ado, we'll get into today's episode and I'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Supernatural Souls podcast. I'm Jenna Layden, your host. I'm also a former global vice president for Whole Foods Market, a former atheist, and the founder of Star Family Wisdom, a modern day mystery school for your spiritual and cosmic evolution. You're probably wondering how a former atheist ended up here, so we'll get into that soon. To make a long story short, I had some help from a very specific group of supernatural souls. And on this podcast, we explore the lives, teachings, and energies of these supernatural souls. In this group, we include Jesus Christ and Mother Mary, who you might be familiar with from the Christian religion, and also Shirdi Sai Baba and Sri Kaleshwar, two Indian saints of the Hindu tradition, who helped to reveal the real life teachings and spiritual practices of Jesus and his disciples. Here we discover the intersection of Hindu spirituality with Christianity and learn about the lost history and lost spiritual practices that have finally been revealed. 
the story of this unlikely cast of characters teaming up to deliver the world's most advanced spiritual practices and spiritual technologies will be our focus. Because the supernatural is actually super common, it's just been misunderstood in many ways. In fact, Jesus remembered and activated his supernatural abilities in India with the use of powerful mantra and yantra systems, which were recently found in the ancient Indian palm leaf manuscripts and brought to the world by Saint Sri Kaleshwar. It's not often you find a Jesus temple in an Indian ashram, but after accessing his own past life memories of living and working with Jesus, Saint Sri Kaleshwar accepted his mission to reveal the truth. Sri Kaleshwar took his Maha Samadhi and left Earth in 2012, but he left behind an extraordinary group of healers, students, and some of the most important knowledge in the world. Here we interview the followers and students of Sri Kaleshwar and Shirdi Sai Baba, welcoming the energy, love, and wisdom of these supernatural souls into our lives. Together, we'll discuss the teachings and practices that have been employed by many ancient and modern masters to gain the high divine supernatural abilities that were once considered magic. So as we explore the lives and wisdom of these supernatural souls and their students, may we all remember ourselves as supernatural souls and embody the true teachings and wisdom of the many masters who have walked before us. Welcome, Cindy. It's so good to be here with you. What a journey <laughs> to get to this point of interviewing you about your journey. Oh, well, thank you. I've been so impressed with how much you've jumped in and learned and done in this tradition with Sri Kaleshwar and Shirdi Baba. So it's my pleasure to talk to you today. Well, it's it's a uh, it feels important because you're you're one of our first guests on the podcast, and you're one of the first people in the lineage that I connected with, and and I took your holy womb chakra course. You have a number of courses that we'll we'll link to in the show Thank notes you. so people can find those. Um, that that was really my introduction to you, and and a, a big introduction to the lineage. So. You know, before we get into the the courses and the, the teachings and and all of that, I, I want to just start by asking, how did you get into this lineage? Because you are, you know, such a, a profound teacher of this wisdom now, and in so many ways, you know, I've I've seen so much of you know how you've shared your heart, you know, and soul through the virtual ashram and the courses and and you've had quite the journey to to get to this lineage as well as many people have so how'd you get here what's your origin story well um originally I'm, i was a professor of psychology <laughs> but when i was a graduate student uh, i went to go see uh, some anthropological uh, conference or something and alberto Valaldo was there and i got in, introduced to shamanism and i spent quite a number of years working in shamanism with alberto and then jose luis herrera and uh, you know, I and I never intended to leave that tradition. It, I was already teaching in it, 
I was already doing healing in it. You know, all my spare time was about that tradition and that spiritual path. And I did it since the, the mid 80s, you know, so I had probably 20 years or something in that path. And uh, there was a point in time where um, I had a, 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 I went on a sort of a vision quest and a deer came to me and said, would you like to learn the deer path? And I said, yes. And the, the deer said, it will cost you everything you think yourself to be. Mm-hmm. And if I'd really thought that through in the moment, I might've said <laughs> no, <laughs> but I didn't. I said, okay. And then within a couple of weeks, I had a car accident, in which I had a head injury and I couldn't function as a professor anymore. Wow. And um, I thought, oh, gee, this deer path, I thought that was going to be nice and gentle. <laughs> this is not so nice and gentle. But so I had to take a sabbatical um, from uh, my work at that time. And I was had time on my hands, you know, and I was trying to do heal. I was trying to heal myself with sweats and all sorts of things. And then a friend of mine said, oh, you have to hear about this great guru, you know, and she was always saying, oh, you have to hear about this great person and that great person and another great. So I thought, "Eh, okay, the great guru was Sri Kaleshwar, but I didn't know that at the time. And I was just sort of thinking, "Eh, I'll get around to looking at his website sooner or later. I'm still trying to heal myself, you know. And then another friend of mine who's a psychic said we were just having conversations. She sort of breaks into conversations with things she sees. And she said, you're going to work with a man who can manifest fire in his hands. You know, then she went back to talking about her son or whatever. So that turned out to be true. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I write all these little things down that she pops up with. Okay. So then I think, okay, I have to go look at this guy's website. I go to the first page of the website, and it used to have a set of scrolling pictures of the ashram and of Swami on the first page. And the very first picture that was there when I opened up the website was Swami Sri Kaleshwar with fire coming out of his the palm of his hand. <laughs> and I said out loud, oh, no, now I have to go to India. And a friend of mine who was in my house at the time said, when do we go? <laughs> and so we went. You know, it was like, okay, we're, I guess we're doing this. I guess we're going to India. There was a program, like it was a month-long program um, in India. And uh, that was a lot to bite off and shoot. But we said, okay, if we're going to jump in, let, let's jump in. We Neither of us had ever been to India. Certainly had never lived in an ashram. And um, we got there. And there was a young man, his name is Ramakrishna Jenkins. And he's an amazing teacher inside the tradition. But he was also a student at that time. This was 2000. And uh, he came to meet our cars that arrived to the ashram to show us where we were going to stay and so on. And when he opened the door, I physically saw sparkles of light come out of his eyes. And I thought to myself, if this guy got that here, you know, I'm in. (laughs) This is the place to be. (laughs) I want this thing. And it was a very difficult program, a very because it was I couldn't understand what Swami was saying because of, he, had, he was very young at the time. He was in his twenties and he was just learning English, and other, everybody else seemed to be, you know, registered into the tune and tone of his voice. And it took me a long time. I struggled and and I couldn't hear what the mantras were. And we would all be sent off to do a process, and I was sitting there thinking, I don't even I don't even know what we're doing. I don't know. So it was very. Um, difficult but there was a but soon in early on in the in that program he told us all to go back to our rooms and he would give a distance healing Mm. and i had a little 
we there were no screens on the windows at that time. There was only two floors to the student housing, and it wasn't finished yet. And it was just sort of open air. And so I had a little tent that I slept in, and I laid down in my little tent, and I closed my eyes, and then I could hear what I thought were angel wings flapping on the tent. And I, I thought, wow, this is this is an this must be the distance healing that's going on. My roommates were running around talking and I wanted to tell them, be quiet, be quiet. There's something happening. But I, there was no time. There was this feeling, feeling and a physical, almost air pumping feeling of those wings on the, my little tent. And then I saw this huge, brilliant light come towards me. And it kind of went in one ear and I just felt exquisitely transformed. And then in a few minutes, I saw a huge dark thing come at me, which I didn't understand at the time, but I'll explain it now. A huge dark thing come in me and come in the other ear. And everything that I had ever cut away from myself and shamanism as a way of healing myself, depression, uh, bladder infections, childhood abuse, whatever that was, everything that I had Cutting away was a very traditional way of you know, removal, cutting away. Everything I had cut away from myself during shamanism returned to me. Mm. So this The is next like day, I had a bladder infection. I was in deep depression. I was on a lot of, I mean, just oh, wow. everything all at once. And so it was a very difficult program for me. And I even claimed I'm never coming back here. This is, this is too much. When I got home, my psychic, I had a friend with another conversation with my psychic friend. And she, and she said, I've never seen you more brilliant. I said, I do, I do not feel brilliant. I feel awful. And then it came to me, there were like voices in my head telling me that the power of transformation cannot, you have to make it through those things. You cannot just cut them away from yourself. You were living a happy life from cutting those away from yourself. But if you want to be a person of power, if you want that transformation into a Shakti lineage, which this is, where you hold the power, you have to transform those things in you. Right. And it was just so clear that that's what he had done. He'd given me the light to be able to do it. And then he'd given me back everything I needed to move through in order to reclaim that power. Mm. You know, when I was doing shamanism, I didn't believe I was cutting away my power. I was cutting away things that were making me unhappy in my life. Right. Right. And I certainly lived a happy life from that. But now I know from having worked through those things that I had that with each one of those, each karmic lesson we had, each karmic thing that had come to me, there is a karmic gift to be had if we can work through it. Right. And in the ensuing years of going back and forth to the ashram for what, 18, 19 years worth of going back and forth, um, I think I've managed to make it through most of those. <laughs> New things have happened, but I think I've made it through most of the things that I had simply cut away from myself. I certainly have a happy life again. Oh, um, wow. And it's a much happier life than the happy life I had created by cutting things away from me in shamanism. Because it, this happiness has got a bliss to it. It's got a depth to it. And I can see the power of it. Every time I came back from the ashram, um, and I had clients at that time, shamanic clients, I was still working shamanically. Every time I came back from the ashram, my shamanic clients would like 
okay, what are we going to get now? You know, because the, the energy that I could bring through was so much higher, so much higher. And sooner or later, my shamanic teacher, who at the time was Jose Luis Herrera, um, recognized that. And I knew that it wasn't from the shamanic tradition. I knew it was from Swami and Baba. And the next time I went to the ashram, um, this is we're still in the early years of my ashram timing, but next time I went to the ashram, um, Sri Kaleshwar did a, a uh, program, and one of the, we were going to go for a particular process. We do these processes, and we get involved in these experiences in order to gain various connections and um, blessings and so on. And oftentimes you have to give something up to get something that's a rule of Dada Kriya, they call it, that um, you have to release something in order to receive something. So he asked us all to give something up that, you know, that we would kind of a daily thing for us that we, we could give up and we'd give it up for the rest of our lives and then go put your head down to Baba's feet and tell him what it is. Okay. So I thought, okay, I'll give up coffee. I'm a little addicted to coffee. I do that every day. I'm giving it up. I'm going to go to Baba. I put my head down to Baba's feet and I said, I'm giving up coffee. And I was physically blown away from the Paducahs, the little foot things that they put out. And I sat stunned and I heard this very powerful voice in my head say, what do I care if you give up coffee? <laughs> Stop hiding me behind shamanism. Mm. That's a was. pretty direct message. That's a pretty direct there message. It was. <laughs> I went home. I wrote all my shamanic clients. Um, not doing that anymore. I'd be happy to still work with you, but I'm going to work with you from this other tradition. And um, I wish you well. And if you want another shamanic practitioner, I'll tell you who to go to and so on. But uh, nobody left. Nobody left. They'd already felt the power. Mm. And you, you'd said it had almost been like palpable for them the first couple of absolutely, times. Absolutely. Absolutely. At first they thought, oh, no, what's going to happen? You know, like, and it was like, whoa, no, thank you very much. This is great. Keep it going to that India thing. If you yeah. want another month off, you go ahead and take it. <laughs> <laughs> so there was some there was some trust building around the energy that you were you were carrying in addition yes. to the the shamanic practice. Yes. They'd already felt it. So beautiful. Yeah, well, they were happy like, to move. It seems like that shamanic path was was an important foundation, though. I'd I'd love for you to maybe speak to you know, some of the foundational practices or experiences that might be helpful for people as they're finding this this lineage, this path, because this, you know, is a, a somewhat advanced, you know, practitioner path and, and, you know, having some, you know, history, you know, spiritual practice does seem to be helpful. And I had a similar, you know, history with shamanic practice that, yes. that feels, you know, very, um, uh, set up, you know, in terms of, of guiding me in a way that would allow me to transition into this lineage successfully. So I'm curious about your thoughts on those foundational practices. Yeah, I think it's a Rumi saying that when the flower blooms, the bee comes uninvited. Mm. You know, so when you're ready, the next piece comes to you. It does. And I believe that shamanism made me ready. In many ways, I, I, you know, having cut away all that stuff, I wasn't starting to live a happy life, which I think was important. First of all, um, that was a huge 
difference in my life to be living a happy life. So I'm very thankful to shamanism for that. I did have to work back through it with Shami, with Swami, with Sri Kaleshwar, but um, I, am, I am thankful for that because it gave me a taste of having a happy life for sure. I also, the five elements are in every one of those shamanic traditions somewhere. Yeah. They may call them by different things and, you know, work with them in different ways. But that essential knowing, I think, is crucial. It's sitting underneath Sri Kaleshwar stuff. It's like the first thing most people do is the five element practices um, in order to connect to the elements external, but also to cleanse and clear the elements inside us since we're made of those elements too. And I deeply adore some of the relationship with the elements that I got in shamanism where we would let the rivers sing to us or, you know, be, be with the fire and dance with it or uh, learn how to get the fire to follow you around the circle or, you know, these kinds of experiences you have in shamanism are so tactile and beautiful and so deeply connected to the elements that I'm very, very grateful for them. And really before shamanism, I didn't grow up in a family. I had, my parents were scientists, so I didn't grow up in a family that had any religion. And although I had um, attended a religious school for college, um, based on that, they gave me a great big scholarship to do so. Um, and I had felt a huge energy come through the top of my head for the first time, a connection to God there. It didn't ever feel like it was the path for me. Mm -hmm. So shamanism did feel like that for many years to me because that huge energy would, would come through the top of my head in those practices and in that connection to nature. And I still think the connection to nature is big in Sri Kaleshwar too, you know, that, that some saints learn everything just from the nature. And that's what I think shamans are, the saints that learn everything just from the nature. Mm, I love that. I think that's a really beautiful way to think about it. And you mentioned you know, Sri Kaleshwar's teachings really are, are, you know, kind of sitting on this foundation of understanding how to work with the elements. And you also mentioned this idea of becoming a person of power. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to, to hear you describe what that means to you. You know, what does it, what does it mean? Well, power in this tradition is not no, okay. Sorry, I didn't know. What I did. I did. I did. No, you're fine. Power, power in this tradition is not power over somebody. Um, it's the it's a charge of energy of the divine. It is shakti energy. It is the energy that fuels everything in this creation. It is the energy that fuels everything beyond this creation. It is the energy of the divine mother's womb. The shakti energy, and many uh, traditions uh, inside the Hinduism and so on. Vedic teachings and so on are often bhakti traditions. That is, that they're based in worship of the guru, worship of the deity. Open your heart with pure love. There's, it's just be it's beautiful. It's beautiful and it's strong and it's powerful for just maintaining the, the daily life and for living a happy life and for being connected into uh, divine energy. It's beautiful. But this is a Shakti tradition, which means that not only do we need to have that Bhakti, which is the basis of how you're ever going to get any Shakti. <laughs> if you don't have an open heart, nothing's happening. But you have, but we're, we're looking to connect to specific energy channels in the creation and in the Divine Mother and to be able to find that energy in our own beings. Because we are, we are her. We are this nature. We are made of the same five elements that everything else is made of. We are not separate from this. And it is the belief in separation, which is 
illusion. Right. It is it is the definition of illusion by Adi Shankaracharya. So we are ultimately finding those energies in us. But in order to do that, we connect with them in, a, in through mantra and yantra processes. We connect into these very specifically pinpointed inner energies, power energies, power channels, energy channels, and charge ourselves with them to be able to experience that within our own beings and become one with that completely. And when we are one with it, we can also use it to help other people. So that Shakti energy is divine feminine energy. It's a loving energy. It is love and power combined. Sri Kaleshwar used to talk about you can't have can't have love of just love or power you have to have love and power combined and those shakti channels have that love and power combined they have her love they have our own love and they have a, a deep connection into eternal energetics of the creation mm. <clears throat> you mentioned shri kaleshwar you know as a person of power this person who has tapped into that divine feminine power who has absolutely you know embodied this this you know oneness this 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 aspect of god consciousness i guess it is that yes. it allows that that being to to demonstrate you know acts of power i'm curious what it was like for you when you first met him. You know, you mentioned getting to the ostrom and and, and yeah. seeing this young and boy. And the light coming out of his eyes. You could see yeah. the light coming out of Swami's eyes too. Yeah. And he was a young man. Then. I mean, in his 20s. I don't really exactly know how old he was. And, you know, skinny. And, <laughs> and you know, if if you if he, you didn't feel something, well, when you were around him, you would have thought, who is this kid, you know? But you could immediately feel something when you were with him. You could you almost you would go into a kind of a trance sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, there was such an energy emanating from him. And if he would smile at you, you could feel this like wave coming your way. You know, you could even feel that sometimes when he might have been thinking on you, I think. Because you, know, you could feel these waves of this energy coming at you. And uh, so it was clear, he, you know, even to somebody who was skeptical like me in that first visit, that there was a huge, this was a hugely powerful being. You could feel it, you could experience it. Um, he would give talks in the Mandir and it would be, you'd be wide awake at the beginning. And as he would talk, you'd just start going into this kind of trancing state where you could barely keep your soul in your body you could barely stay present and then sometimes you say you who is everybody awake out <laughs> <laughs> you know i've even noticed that watching some of his videos or even reading a book that's that similar effect <laughs> yes yeah i i was on a a train with a friend of mine and gave him the five elements books which had chad swami's picture on the front and um he picked up the book and, and the picture winked at him uh. so Sri Kaleshwar is everywhere in all things and all the time, and even more, even more so now that he's in samadhi um, and able to be outside the body and no longer be constrained to the to the Maya and the elemental play on the body. Um, he's everywhere all the time, and it, it doesn't. You don't have to have got, been to the ashram. You don't have to have met him in person and, and alive. You look at his picture, and his energy will come through.
How else would you suggest newcomers or, or, or maybe, you know, people who are curious and exploring this path, how else would you suggest they start to make that connection to, to Swami and, and, and to Baba? Swami and to Baba master. Too, because I, yeah, because yeah. probably Baba is back here. <laughs> I'm looking at Swami here. But I <laughs> yeah, we want to give Baba some love. <laughs> I, think I, <laughs> um, I think if you're going to feel drawn to it, you're probably going to feel drawn through the picture. Just look at the picture and see if you feel any connection. Um, for some people, they're not big feelers. You know, they they don't have a lot of sensations and experiences. But you might try do doing one of the earlier mantras, one of the element mantras, for example, and see. If, I think you had a huge, powerful experience mm -hmm. doing the mantras, right? See if the mantras bring you some sense of experience there. We also have a lot of amazing teachers scattered around in the U.S. and Germany and even in Japan and places. So, um, you know, just listening to some sort of satsang with a, a local teacher or attending a fire puja. Mm -hmm. We have pujas here that can be attended online, and many people can really feel the power of that, that fire ceremony. So just see if there's something that connects you in. And if there's something that's connecting you in, then go for that for a while and then add and see if something else connects you in. Because it really has to be a heart connection in. It really has to be a soul connection in. Because this, this lineage is about your soul. This lineage is about your heart. And if you're not connected in there, it's, it's not a point, you know, it's no point to follow it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah it's so a find a place where you can feel that. And, yeah. it, and it, it kind of seems like after, you know, there's there's like one entry point, like maybe the photo or a sat song or a puja. And 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 then then it's almost like Sri Kleshwar and Baba are kind of reeling you in, <laughs> you know, help, helping you recognize that connection more and more oh, and, until absolutely. finally it's just undeniable <laughs> that that connection <laughs> is there. Yeah, I mean, I left that ashram the first time saying, I'm never coming back here. And I went back three times that year, you know, like, yeah. oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> the reeling in was happening. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you ever witness Sri Kaleshwar perform a miracle? Oh, yes. On multiple occasions. What was that um, like? I'll tell the one that was for me. Um, uh, he, we were, I was in a small audience with him, just one on one. And I said, I wanted to um, have some, he said, what, what do you want? I said, I want to have something to heal people's souls, because I was already a healer. And he placed a rose in my hands, and he had me cut my hands over the rose. I feel the rose in my hands. And then he said, what do you think is in your hands? And I said, oh, a rose, you know? <laughs> he says, look. And in there was a beautiful crystal lingam, hmm. a, a gorgeous crystal lingam. And um, I've been using it to do healing with people's souls ever since then. Mm. But it was, I was dumbfounded in the moment. I mean, I really had no clue. But then I also had no, I was also in that kind of semi-trance state because I was in his presence, you know. So the miracle energy was happening in my own hands. And I didn't have enough uh presence of consciousness early in those early days to to notice that right. and he always used to say you have to notice when a miracle is happening 
you have to pay attention to that. There's a mechanism to miracles. There's a there's an energetic to miracles. Really pay attention. And I thought, wow, I mean, this is the only this miracle happened in my own hands, and I wasn't conscious enough to get it. So every time I saw a miracle after, there was like. I'm going, okay, what's happening here? Can I feel it? Do I know what's going on? And yes, you can feel it. You can know what's going on. It's just that in that first one, my consciousness hadn't been developed enough to do so. Yeah. Wow. To experience something physic like physically change form right there in front of you, it's got to just kind of just shatter, you know, any, any idea of what you thought reality was about. Well, and that's the point of some of doing some of these miracles for people is to get them out of the regular state of consciousness and into a higher state of consciousness, a state of consciousness, which can believe in miraculous energy. And um, I slept with that lingam for many years and for quite a few years, most of the dreams were about it changing to, into different forms. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think he was trying to, give me anyway the, the understanding of it oh, how the fun. when i how yeah fun. i wonder i wonder if those are like prophetic dreams where maybe maybe there's additional manifestation that would happen with it <laughs> well i there, certainly think it's helped a lot of people in the world as my clients because i am holding it the whole time i'm doing healing with people um so I do think it's made a lot of changes, then a lot of transformation for a lot of people. I think that's a really cool point to make too for folks who are finding this lineage now, who are, you know, thinking about who do I connect with, you know, what what healers, teachers am I, you know, wanting to 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 learn from and receive healing from. You know, Sri Kaleshwar gave or manifested with certain people really important power objects and those exist and, fi and finding those people and connecting with those and objects just even feel it, feeling the feeling the power of those objects yeah. there are people who have um he he did atma lingams um it's a very difficult process for a saint you swallow ash and then you grow a lingam inside your own body and for men, they have to, this is what men, men do it, and primarily. And then they have to vomit it back up um, once the lingam is made. And I, know, and I know a number of people, I know several people who have one of those that he made. Um, very, very powerful objects. And there are lots of amazing power objects that he gave many, many students. So if you can connect with one of them, and um, I don't feel like I can... ID them right now because who knows they may I don't know if they want this known that they own that they have that yeah. power object, but <laughs> but find them and uh, you know ask them I want to experience the energy of the power object maybe that's their way in yeah yeah good reason to get connected with different teachers throughout the lineage exactly uh, maybe we'll learn about more of those on the pod at some point um, Swami you know talked about that these these miracle um, experiences or manifestations as chocolates you know, or, or treats and, and, and ways to kind of entice people into the divine, to open their hearts to the divine. So that's one, one big exciting thing, you know, about yeah. the, the lineage in Sri Kaleshwar, but there's also so many incredible practical processes, for lack of a better term, that that just help us in our everyday lives. You know, the the idea of performing miracles can can feel fun and enticing, you know, to to us all. But but also, you know, that to me, it kind of feels like the point, you know, of going through all of these practices 
is to clear the negativity and, 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 and find ways to live, you know, more joyful, fulfilling lives. So I'd love for you to share a little bit from your perspective about the practices that exist within the lineage that, you know, really do practically help us in our, our just day-to-day -day lives. Right. Okay. So there, well, first of all, there's meditation. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big one. We shouldn't, but we shouldn't take meditation off this list. It should be number one on the list. And meditation is a practice that will definitely change your life. And especially if you can get into a trance state and there's a whole teaching um, about the stages of meditation, for, specifically for getting to trance and to getting into Shakti trance, um, which is very powerful teaching that Sri Kaleshwar gave. So it's a different teaching about meditation that you might have gotten in Vespansa or what, you know any other version, any other Hindu uh, lineage. It's very, very abusive. It's called the Eight Stages of Silence is what it's called, that teaching. Um, so that, I think, is very, very powerful. Um, then, of course, it's the five elements, which is for purifying uh, the elements in you and purifying, pu creating your relationship to the elements of, that it, are the building blocks of this creation. There are subsequent ones for the qual called the inner elements, um, uh, which is really deeply, deeply purifying the elements in you to be a, a channel of those energies in a very, very powerful way. And uh, even something called the Panchabhutas, which comes, which is another practice for connecting into the elements. So there's a lot of lot of focus on those elements. You know, if we're going to do our own miraculous energy and healing, for example, it's not like I'm going to manifest a lingam, but you know, we're going to shift somebody's consciousness from being a victim into being healthy, or from being ill to being well. You know, then you're doing a miraculous act there, actually. So the there you're always affecting, therefore, on those five elements and using the five elements in you as a channel for that effect. So the, all those five element processes are super beautiful for any healer, I think, personally, because um, I was still doing shamanic healing when I had finished the five elements. And that's one of the things that brought up my power for my clients, for example. There's something called Paramashiva Yoga, which is a number of steps to getting to connection to, with Mother Divine and Shiva. and But the steps themselves are just so beautiful. One pulls all the elements together in you. Another one re releases um, fear and doubt. Another one, um, it, it, they're just so gorgeous. Another one um, takes away that if you've had trouble with like sexual desires getting in your way and messing up your life, another one takes care on that. You know, So there's each one of these is some purification of you, some movement of your energy towards the Divine Mother's energy to be more consistent with that, which is how you're you're getting to her, basically. Yeah. You know, we, we talked about getting to her. Well, how do we get to her? We become her, mm. you know. Mm -hmm. We purify ourselves enough that we are an energy getting closer and closer to the energy of her or of Shiva. So that Paramashiva Yoga is that process of purifying these energies in us till we get to the point where we we are more consistent with that energy or at least available to be able to receive that energy directly um there's the womb, holy womb chakra i shouldn't leave that one out <laughs> yeah that's an important one <laughs> that even if you don't do anything else with sri kaleshwar especially if you're a woman although the holy womb chakra is for both women and men and people who, who identify in other ways too because everybody has a womb chakra whether you have a physical womb or not um 
whether you identify with that physical womb or not, you, ha you have a womb chakra. But especially for women who want to have that kind of powerful energy to do, do a, a spiritual work in the world, um, to even, even be a higher teacher to their family or in their business or ever, anything else, to up their connection to the Divine Mother's power within them. The Holy Womb Chakra is a fantastic set of practices and, and a deep, deep, deep understanding. I, you know, I, I have my class online is both the practices, but it's also this deeper understanding of it. I think somebody could just do the practices. They don't have to dive into the deep understanding. They could just do the practices and benefit from that. Absolutely. If they find themselves intrigued by that energy, then understanding all the deeper interconnections of the womb chakra to everything else that is a of a spiritual importance in our tradition is really fascinating. And that Mother Mary did these practices as part of becoming who she was in her lifetimes, I think is also telling us, okay, yes, a normal human woman many lifetimes ago, you know, she was, she did a hunt, she meditated for a hundred lifetimes to be in the Mother Mary lifetime and brings through the miracle of Jesus and to follow through on that in her life. But she was a woman and she did this. And part of the way she did this is through those womb chakra practices. So the Holy Womb Chakra is a fabulous set of practices. Um, there are all, I mean, there are hundreds of things he did. So I'm just going to mention a few here. Yeah. Um, one of them is called Kala Chakra. And Kala Chakra are the wheels of time. Uh, all of our souls, we have a soul timing. We have a body timing. Obviously, we age. We have a timing that we come into the creation. We have a timing that we're sitting inside our family lineage. We have all these wheels of time that are affecting on us to bring us our karmas. So if we can intervene on the wheels of time that bring us our karmas, then we can win against those, those karmic plays and advance the soul. So that's one of the things that Kala Chakra helps us to do is it helps, Kala means time. It helps us to win those wheels of time on us and be able to free ourselves from some of those karmic pulls that we have and karmic negativities that we engage as a natural part of life. Right. And then mentioning karma, I think just even the notion of understanding what karma is yes. and really understanding what one does with karma and what, what, what's happening with karma and how, how do you live a life where you like win those karmas probably like to talk about winning things <laughs> uh, it means how do you how do you become free from a negative karmic engagement that you may have been playing out throughout your entire lifetime and lifetimes before that too how do you become how do you gain that freedom from moving through karmas as i did had to do when he put all that back inside me i think that's that's an important teaching right there and an important personal process that everybody needs to go through then there are the Jesus channels and there are, you know, there's like, I could keep going and going. Yeah, it goes on and on. And on. <laughs> you can't believe how much, I'm looking at Swami was picture right now, you can't believe how much this soul brought through in the short period of time that he was on the earth. It was incredible. And that was his goal, that he, he knew he had only so much time and he had to get it all out there, whether we understood it in the moment or not. Right. You know, like, get it 
do it, move it, next thing. And so it was very fast paced while Swami was alive or in the body, still alive in other forms, um, while he was in the body. Um, now in the virtual ashram, we're going back through all that and saying, did we really understand this? You know, do we really, let's look deeper at it. Now that we see the full body of it, does, does the first thing he taught make different sense to us and so on? Exactly. So that virtual ashram is the way that uh, the current students are really diving into this huge amount of knowledge and processes that Swami left for us um, and trying to make deeper sense of it for ourselves because in the moment we would just do them go on to the next one, do the next one, go on to the next one, and you could feel it, and you would feel the power of it, but it was just so fast-paced, really. But, so it's nice to take more time now and enjoy the process. In oh, that my way. goodness. Oh, what a blessing now to, to have, you know, all of, you know, both the people who were there, you know, for his teachings, and, you know, so many, so many who've come along since, a, be able to, you know, digest all of this information in new exactly. ways now. And mm -hmm. you've used the, I think in the ashram, you've used the term grind the information. Yeah. <laughs> grind and digest were, were some yeah. of Sri Kaleshwar's terms. Yeah. We, we've sort of picked up a Sri Kaleshwar language here of our own, but grinding means getting down to truly understanding the underlying mechanism, energetic mechanism of what's occurring there to really get it, to really get it to the point where you could reproduce it he had uh he talked about stages of, of our own illusions on ourselves you know in the first stage you're kind of doing this process and you're just doing it doing it doing it you don't know why you're doing it but you're doing it anyway yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was in that for quite a long time in the beginning years the sort of second stage is you're feeling it yeah. you know it's doing something you have a sense of what it's doing you but you don't know how to make that happen by yourself and it takes really takes uh, depth of meditation and grinding to get to the third stage of the illusion there where you really have you really can reproduce that energetic you know what the mechanism is underneath it you could reproduce that energetic you can start to use it in some ways in the world and then there are um, other stages of the illusion where you become um, a co-creator with mother divine um, but most of us are in one two or three <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like somewhere in those first three stages Oh, you were talking about the wheel of time and how, and I was just thinking about that in relation to all of these teachings and all of these practices and, and this idea that, you know, he delivered all of this in a way that was not linear, you know, he, and kind of purposefully, I think. Absolutely <laughs> you know. purposefully. Yes. And, and now and, that's and happening some, again. Um, yeah. And a little yeah. piece here and a little piece there and a little piece over there as we could grasp it and as it would infuse us, you know, we were much slower than he was. So he had to, you know, he had to do it in some very interesting ways. It was also to protect the information as well. Um, because when you put something highly powerful into the world, a Shakti energy into the world, it creates a reverberation from the nature. Nature likes a balance, you know, and there is positive and negative in nature, light and dark. We are in this world of separation and duality. And so as you put a huge pipe positive out, something comes to kind of hit it and knock it back down back to that original balance point. So uh, oftentimes what he was doing was putting it out in a trickled out kind of fashion so as not to have anything come as a stoppage to it. Exactly, that makes a lot of sense. It also makes me think about how as we progress in that 
karmic clearing, karmic, you know, lesson, you know, path and the integration that's necessary with all of that. And, you know, continuing through all of the practices, there's like these like stage gates we pass through. There's like these, these almost, almost like tests in a way for, or, 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 or ways in which our consciousness, yeah, like tests and ways in which our consciousness needs to be able to connect the dots across pieces of information, aspects of the experience, the energy, the way it feels like there's, I've been kind of processing that lately, this idea of it's not meant to be something that's just laid out, you know, on a red carpet for you. Like we're meant to put the pieces of the puzzle together ourselves on oh, that path of finding power. Absolutely. The soul grows from that, in my opinion. You know, some people say the soul doesn't need to grow, but, but I like to think of the soul growing. So yeah. I, I think that you, you actually expand when you, yeah. when you get it internally like that. Yeah. I can, people will listen to this podcast as well. I can say blah, 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 blah. But it's not until they feel it inside themselves that they really know something. Yeah. And that was also a, a teaching that Sri Kaleshwar gave. He said, you know, you can, you can smell a mango, you, you can taste a mango, you know, but do you really know what a mango is? And, you know, so you have to be feeling it internally to yourself. You have to experience it and you have to experience the tests of it too. I think testing, you said testing, and I think that's absolutely Ooh. right. <laughs> oh boy, do <laughs> because, you get tested. There is. Yeah, you do. Because, you know, like you're trying to hold a whole new energy inside you. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's almost as if the nature comes and says, well, if I do this, can you still hold it? Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> if I do that, <laughs> can you still hold it now? You know? yeah. And it, it really does teach you how to hold that energy. It does, as long as you don't get all pissed off at these tests and exactly. decide this is terrible. I thought this was going to make my life perfect. You know? Yeah, you have to say it's, thank you for the test. <laughs> yeah. And, and you have to realize that this is the road to perfection. It yeah. is the... I wouldn't say perfection, but it, you know, it, it is the road to happiness. It is ultimately the road to that holding of that energy in you, that this is not, it's a, it's a little bit of a bumpy road. It is a little bit of a bumpy road. Spirituality, I think a lot of people enter spirituality because they want to be happy. And so if they counter bumps in the process of that spirituality, they think, okay, this isn't for me. But I can tell you, one of the reasons I told my original story there about the, having to go through all the stuff I cut away from me in shamanism is that there is a much higher bliss available to you than that short-term happiness you thought you were getting. There is a much higher bliss when you work through those karmas, when you make it to the other side of that, when you are tested on what energy you hold and know that you can hold it. There is a strength in you and there is a bliss in you that you can't even know until you're there. Yeah. I'm so glad you shared that, Cindy, because there have been a lot of moments <laughs> on, you know, on my path where I've, I've been like, okay, I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm not throwing in the towel, mother, but give me a break. I just need like, I just need a couple weeks <laughs> before the next <laughs> And I mean, and Sri Kaleshwar even had a process. He said, come to my picture, come to Baba and say, yeah. I'm pretty good cooked. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't take it. You have to take it for a little while because I'm pretty good cooked. Yeah. You know? So he knew that was going to happen for us. Yeah. And we have a place to go. We can yeah. go to him. We can go to Baba. We can go to Jesus. We can go to Mother Mary. Yeah. We can go to those places and they will hold us. That I know for sure. 
even when things happened in my life that, you know, most people would consider huge tragedies. And certainly I did consider them a huge tragedy in the moment. I went to them mm. and they held it for me and they held it with me and they held me as I worked my way through it. And I'm getting a little teary swelling and I'm so very grateful. That's so beautiful. And I, I'm so grateful for you, Cindy, for sharing the full picture. Like you said, you know, I think that we often enter the world of spirituality with maybe rose-colored glasses on, <laughs> and 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 it's so much more. You know, it's it's just to to understand the depth of what's possible, the depth of feeling, the depth of bliss like you've talked about the depth of support that's available to us you know it's it if we're willing you know it'll crack us right. open in a beautiful way and i'm just so grateful for you sharing the the breadth of that because i think you know we we do hit those moments of oh gosh can i handle more you know is this really for me you know where's god in this you know when it gets mm -hmm. hard and um, and, and you, you talked about that at the beginning that, you know, divine mother is all of it. You know, divine mother is the darkness we have to integrate and there's beauty in that too. There is beauty beyond, through in and beyond that there is beauty because she is beautiful. Every aspect of her is beautiful just because it's caught, we've come into this separation where we see one as dark and one as light and is itself an illusion. So when we when we overcome that illusion that is a bliss state yeah and ultimately that is you know where these teachings lead us you know this lineage is about that that path of transcendence you know transcending that illusion and and you you know you've referenced multiple times you know how how important this knowledge is this this lineage is just the you know, unbelievable nature of what Sri Kaleshwar was able to bring into this world. You know, why now? Why do you think he came on the planet when he did? Why do you think it is being, you know, carried forward in the way it is today through all of the beautiful souls in the lineage? Well, I, I think that's a Kala Chakra issue. There was a timing in the creation for that to happen. And um, Swami is one of what we call the Septarishis, which are seven original souls, which we incarnate over time, over and over and over and over again, in order to move the creation forward. And in a previous lifetime, um, he was a guru to um, Mother Mary and was there at the time of Jesus and so on. And, um, you know, he, he promised he would come into this lifetime and bring these channels at that time. Um, and that, that was one promise he made, but also when he had his awakening in this lifetime, he realized this was the lifetime to bring forward the Divine Mother channels and um, even had to go into a yoga samadhi, so a, a small death, a, a timing where his body appeared dead for three days, but he came back alive from it. Went into a yoga samadhi to ask the divine court, as he called them, which is which is Baba and, and uh, Jesus and Buddha and I don't know who else is on the divine court, but that's the level of the divine court <laughs> to go ask the divine court for the permission to do it in this lifetime. He, he when he first started work of the ashram and 
students started coming to him. He went into that yoga samadhi to go to the divine court to get the permission to give the highest possible energy channels. This timing right now in this lifetime. And he got that permission, obviously, from that court. And then, it, boom, everything. And get out as much as he possibly can. Mm. So probably a larger clock ticking there, <laughs> but also he had to go ask for permission for that. And he had already promised it as well um, earlier on in a previous lifetime. Mm. You, you've also talked about the power of the divine feminine and... You know, so much of what Sri Kleshwar taught, you know, centered around the power of the Divine Mother and really understanding her and understanding her nature and illusions. And, and, and he talked about this particular time on the planet being one where the Divine Feminine, you know, would rise again, that there would be a, a, a resurgence, I guess, of feminine mm -hmm. beings in power. You know, how do you see that playing out? Well, I do see it playing out. Absolutely, see it playing out. But also, we're we're in a timing as we're we're in yugas are huge time periods. They're like I don't know many thousands of years long. But we're in the ending of a yuga and the beginning of a new of a new yuga. So we're at the ending of a cycle of yugas where we've gone from having enlightenment and and the next yuga you're less enlightened. The next yuga you're less enlightened. The next yuga you're less enlightened. And then it, the whole thing changes over again, and you go to a, a an enlightenment. Yuga. And we're right in, the, in between those two in that big change over timing. So that's part of the reason why it's time to bring that back. It's because we are in a change over timing. Because human consciousness does need to change in order to bring forward, in order to meet, in order to be one with the next yuga, which is coming. This time of enlightenment, which is coming. So he definitely believed in that time of enlightenment being that we're in that in-between space right now. And we need to prepare for that. And to prepare for that is to is to bring the enlightened energy into your own being. And she is, the Divine Mother, is all energy, all enlightenment, all light that is in creation and beyond creation. So to connect with her is the fastest, most direct path to that. But I also see it in terms of who we are as human beings and how we're behaving on the planet that um, we've gone through a lot of cycles where we've had um, the diminishment of women and the, the diminishment of the sacred nature of the earth and of her and, and uh, the diminishment of women in their sacred power, but also in their daily lives and in their bodies and in, their, in our world. We have definitely taken that dive through the yugas with respect to women and with respect to this planet and the way we treat it. And so it is time for that, definitely is time for that piece to come back up in this shift to, to a time of enlightenment, for sure. Because women in their bodies, now everybody has a womb chakra, but women in their physical bodies with that womb have a direct connection into the energy of Mother Divine. And through that diminishment of women, through that removal of their, of their sacred practices, through all of those generations of what happened to women and are is still happening to women and the, the the moving of women out of the sacred temples because they was, these were men's areas or whatever all that that law we lost touch we lost touch with something that is a, that is the highest power of the universe inside us it is here 
It has always been here. Every time anyone comes in a female body, whether they identify with it or not, if you come in a female body, that energy is strongly in you to make a direct connection to the Divine Mother's energy. The womb chakra, they say, is the baby of the Shri chakra. The womb chakra is our womb. The Shri chakra is Mother Divine's womb. So we have that in us. If we can just purify it, if we can just get to it, if we can just utilize it. But all this history, all this all this confusion, thinking women were the, were the weaker sex and not powerful, is has to be overcome and it has to be overcome socially it has to be overcome within our own beings and the way we carry it around has become overcome within our family lines and the way our family karma has played that so there's a big work of overcoming that has to happen here and i think the womb chakra is a huge piece of that but when we do bring that back within ourselves then we are making ourselves ready for the timing when that is the energy of enlightenment in the world. And one of the ways we really love that to happen around here is by making divine babies, for example. Um, there are certain practices that um, Sri Kalasra left behind for um, giving high divine Shaktipat energy to a baby in the womb uh, that allows them to automatically hold that enlightenment energy in them as they are born into this creation and its maya and its illusion. And there are a set of practices for families as well and for parents to do for children throughout different ages so that they can maintain a connection to that within them, even though the illusion is playing all the things it plays on everybody that leads them down into their karmas and into negativities and into all sorts of problems in their lives. There are practices that parents can do for their children to maintain a connection to that throughout their childhood and to be able to, uh, Sri Kaleshwar said that the perfect timing for attaining enlightenment is somewhere between the age of puberty and 27 years old, that you absolutely can attain the highest spiritual energy by the age of 20, by the age of 20, if, you're, you know, if you've been able to have that activated in you and held in you and supported in you and protected in you through these kinds of um, practices that he gave for during pregnancy, during pregnancy, during birthing, and for parents during, for their child during childhood. And so we're very excited about that as a way of changing the creation by bringing the souls in and maintaining their connection to their divine soul energy and to the divine mother throughout their childhoods. Because we know that most people probably say they didn't have a good childhood in yeah. modern times. And some people have horrendous childhoods. Yeah. Um, and most of us went through all the the stages of the illusion playing on us. You know, we didn't find spirituality when we were 30 or 40 years old, and now we're struggling. Imagine, just imagine a world where they receive it in the womb, where they're, where they're given energy to maintain that through all the struggles of, of that happen in life. It's a like, different world completely. Then. Yeah, think about the next generation that could be 
free of karma, that could be free of all the baggage that we've been or carrying. It may not make you free of karma, but it would certainly make you free to address that karma with joy and love and win it. And it would look so different. Deal with it. Yes. It would just, it just, yeah. okay, you know, somebody else's karma is going to play on you. You're, you're walking down the street and somebody else, somebody sure. screams at yeah. you. <laughs> um, but you, you respond to it differently. Yeah. You don't have the same karmic response set in you. You are responding to it differently. You experience it differently. You yeah. give love in that moment. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'm going to segue into a story about one of these kids that received the divine baby blessing. Um, he went to school. Um, he's much older now. But in his first year of going to school, um, he was in a classroom with a kid who was fairly disturbed. He had... Um, anger fits and rages and nobody quite knew what to do with them even the teacher would sort of back away from the child when this was happening because it was just so severe and our little divine child got it came into this classroom and the first time that happened everybody else was you know stunned and shaking and backing away and he just walked towards him slowly with his palms out saying it's okay mm. it's okay it's okay and the cat and the kid calm down mm. the teacher was stunned the classroom was stunned the kid in the, the child who had had those rages those rages started to go down over time mm. and it was just you know this is a what a four-year-old this is just was his instinct from having had divine baby shaktipad and his parents doing the mattress for him to maintain that energy to in that moment open with love and the love flowed and that's the love incredible. did the healing itself that's so incredible that's the world we're talking about jenna we could that's just what we want get this happening you know anybody who's oh pregnant anybody who's got young children please we're going to have we have we're going to have those classes out very soon and for, you, and for anyone super easy to do and for anyone in the audience who maybe isn't you know practicing the mantras that you know is intrigued by this at the Divine Mother Center, there are you know, many healers who can deliver the Divine Baby blessings and get Absolutely. get direct transmissions. Yes. Um, Cindy offers that as well. I do offer that as well. And even on our website page, there are things there for mothers to do that are free that you just you you sign up for it, but it's you know no cost. So please, please engage the website at divinemothercenter.org or you know come to our classes. We will have specific classes on um, pregnancy, birthing, these stages for the families, because we just see that as a major way to bring this divine, divine mother energy to the world. Mm. Cindy, I could not agree more. And you're making an incredible connection to the last episode, which you probably haven't watched yet. I'll send you a link to it to, oh, to check it out. This was an episode where I shared a little bit more about my journey of remembrance and, and karmic integration and and some of the experiences that guided me to this lineage and Sri Kaleshwar. I won't get into all of it here, but but the the kind of I guess punchline is that I accessed past life memories of doing divine wow. birth practices. And I share about that in this episode and 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 how it's relevant for the work I'm now doing, you know, with the lineage and um, and and just understanding, you know, what's possible with you know bringing 
high divine souls to earth and, 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 and energetically clearing, you know, so much that we can, we can have a huge shift on the planet, you know, through these practices. So, so, so I think it's a really interesting segue that, that you, you ended up wanting to talk so much about that in, in this episode, because at the end of the last episode, I, I kind of got to the point, you know, in my clarity of, I guess, recognizing, oh, oh, I'm seeing the connection with, you know, these past lives I had and why, you know, why these practices aside from enlightenment, aside from us, you know, you know, having these miraculous experiences aside from all of that, you know, why are these practices so important? And part of it, I think, is this idea of the next generation coming in with the support, like, oh my goodness, if we, if, if if so many parents embraced this, what a, a shift we would make. What a world it would be. And, and um, it is, you know, we do get remembrances of our past lives, we as we think about this. And, and if you, for people who think, Oh, I don't know if I've had a past life, it's okay, you can still do the work in this lifetime, too. But, but, you know, that idea that we're this soul that's been developing over many, many, many lifetimes to come to a point now, in a timing that is now, where all this energy has come out, and all this information has come out, and we're in a timing of change. I mean, I think it's no coincidence that certain souls show up in this time on the earth who have had a lot of past lifetimes of working with various spiritual traditions and methods and are that uh, flower that has bloomed to which the bee comes on uninvited. Yeah. Send but you one, my darling. Oh, You're a very you. bloomed flower. <laughs> still, still blooming. The, fl- the petals are still opening, but we're working on it. I, you know, you mentioned earlier that, uh, we'll wrap up in just a moment, but you mentioned earlier that that feeling of, Whew, you know, the, the tests and the integration. I don't know if you're familiar with that, um, that obstacle course race that's outside called the Tough Mudder. Have you heard of that? No, but I used to, I, because I did psychological training for organizations, I used to put them through ropes courses is what we call it. It's something okay. like that. Similar, but it's in the mud. So oh, it's, like a, it's like a, it, it's a whole thing. Like people are really into it and they, they train, you know, for years for it. And, you know, there's people crying halfway through in the mud and you're at the end of it, you're, you're coming out a little bruised and angry and muddy, but you, you conquered, you know, you, you did, did it. And yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like I, over the last few years, just went through a spiritual tough mutter. <laughs> 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 but after and at, the, at the end there's a great shower a shower yes, of divine exactly. light which, from which you feel amazingly clean exactly yeah. and you're so much stronger so yes absolutely <laughs> cindy thank you for for your support personally um as i've navigated my journey and 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 my exploration of the practices and the lineage as as that has happened over the last six months. And thank you for being with us and sharing so much of your journey and your heart and your wisdom with the audience. It has just been such a joy to spend this time with you. It's my great pleasure. Absolutely my great pleasure. I I think, Jenna, you are really an advanced soul who has found this in the right timing. And I hope that you'll bring many others who are ready to find it too. Thank you.
Thank you. Well, we'll, we'll let the Guru Parampara guide us along the way Jay Guru <laughs> with, with Jay their, Ma. <laughs> their blessing. And um, we've, we've referenced the virtual ashram and the Divine Mother Center, which you are a part of connected to. So I'd love for yes. you to share a little more about how can people find you? What is the Divine Mother Center all about? What should they access there? And then we'll wrap up. Okay, so divinemothercenter.org is the website. Um, if they want to email me, I'm cindy at divinemothercenter.org. Um, and uh, the, you can go online. You can look there, there. There, You can look under our classes and the things that we teach. There's a section on the Divine Feminine that you can look into on the website. There's a section to access Virtual Ashram and Divine Mother School. The Divine Mother School is really for those kind of outside the tradition at this moment who might want to hook in. So the Five Elements course is there. The Holy Womb Chakra course is there. And a, number, a large number of other expla explanations, some for free, some are, have a cost to them, are there on that Divine Mother School. And the Virtual Ashram is for those who are already part of the tradition to do that deeper grinding, to do that deeper jumping in. And there's many, many offerings there. And you can just sort of peruse the offerings by going to the website. As well, we do um, twice monthly fire pujas uh, on new and full moons. That I think if some that's one of the ways that we said about how you might just see how you feel with the fire puja and, and get in there. Um, you can go and under events on that same page, it'll say pujas and it'll give you the list of pujas that we're that we're having. And you can um, just attend for free or you can offer a coconut is what it's called. Offering a coconut, it puts a specific blessing. You put what you want blessed and you have a specific blessing. And the, the blessing is intended for you by Nichananda and Monica as they read the names. And as your coconut is cracked and put into the fire, that the energy for that blessing to come to you is released. It's a whole story about why coconut, but I'll 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 not go into big teaching here. But okay, so you can so you can um, you can offer a coconut. We have one coming up for Raksha Bandana. That's going to be just in a couple of days here on the thirtieth. Uh, Raksha Bandana is a kind of protection, um, and it's for protection of love and families, I think. But basically, it's, uh, Raksha Bandana is for protection. So you might, if that's something that you're interested, um, choose that one. You could do that fairly soon. Maybe maybe this won't be ready by that time. But there'll be other pujas coming. We do them twice. We do four pujas a month: two on two on full moon and two on new moon. And then, of course, we have a, a list of healers there too. If you're if the way you want to enter into this is simply to receive the healing. Absolutely do that. You can write me. I'm a healer full time. Um, and we can set up a time to do a healing. Or you could go into our website again. And there are there's a list of healers inside the tradition there for you. Some of them do distance healing as I do. Others, they're, they're listed by region in case you want somebody to do an in-person healing. So all the everything you need to access at this point is currently on the divinemothercenter.org website. And I hope you go there and I hope you take a look at that and you enjoy looking through the, all the hundreds of offerings that are there. It's a robust set of offerings and just an incredible place to start. You know, if you're 
if you're new to the lineage and just need need like the the beginners course the five elements free course go there first and then then take off from that <laughs> and exactly. into other offerings <laughs> and we're in the process right now of moving to a new platform for all where people where people can access it all on a app on their phone so soon it'll be even easier Beautiful. but right now you need to go to the divinemothercenter.org website Thank you, Cindy. And, and thank you to the audience for being with us today and sharing in this divine conversation and, and holding space for, for so much important knowledge and, and sharing. It's, it, it, it's feeling like podcasts are like the, the modern sat song. So we're, we're, we're here in a sat song together, even though we can't see each other. And we're just, we're just so grateful that, that you're here and following along. And leave a comment if anything in this conversation resonated for you, if you have questions that you want answered by future guests, if, if you have any particular experiences that you want to share with those who are finding this, um, please share and let's get, get to know each other in, in the comments. And we'll see everyone in our next episode. This was just such a fun beginning to the podcast. We're still in the early stages, so I'm just so grateful for you, Cindy, being with us today. And um, to everyone listening, we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Namaste.